Thank you guys for reading, and good morning, everybody. My name's David. Really great to be with you and open the Word of God together. As we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing Word. Uh, We thank you that we can know you uh, as we read it. And we pray, Lord, now that you would uh, do your great work in us by the Holy Spirit so that we might know you and so that we might love you, so we might serve you for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, who remembers lockdown? I think we all kind of do. It was a long time. Um, We had so much time at home. I don't know what you did, but I I took up doing puzzles. Uh, I took this video when I was, you know, we had lots of time on our hands. So I did a video of me doing a puzzle time lapse. You can do that. It's not hard. Uh, But hours and hours of, of poring over puzzles. And, right, here's the thing I love about puzzles. This is why I do them. Is because when you first look at the box that you get, get out of the cupboard and uh, it's a nice picture, you're like, that's a nice picture, I'll do that puzzle. Um, but then once you start putting the pieces together, uh, you start to appreciate the picture so much more because you're starting to see things that you didn't see when you first looked at the lid. Right? You're seeing the shades of colour and you're, you're seeing the tiny details in there and just how it all fits together. And then when you're finished and you, you stand back, you have just a greater appreciation for this picture than you did when you just saw the box lid. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, this this is an illustration of Ephesians chapter 1. The start of chapter 1, we did last week, it's kind of like the box lid, right? It's just this sweeping, spectacular praise of God and all the blessings that we have in Christ, uh, that we are chosen by the Father, united with Jesus, filled with the Spirit, Uh, It's a great picture, but Paul doesn't just want them to look at that and and then just put it away, right? Uh, So the rest of chapter 1 is a prayer that they would know better the things they already know, right? So that they would do the puzzle, so to speak, right? That they would come to appreciate these blessings and enjoy them and know them better, and look, I think a lot of us, after we read you know, the start of chapter 1, I think we'd kind of be ready just to, to move on to chapter 2. Um, and, 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 you know, yes, Paul, we would say to Paul, we'd say, Paul, that was a great praise of God, maybe a little bit over the top, but, you know, let's, let's keep going now, let's move on. And Paul says, no, before we move on, it is time to pray. And so Paul stops and he prays and one of the great things about prayer is that prayer really has a way of revealing what's on our hearts, what really matters, the things that matter most to us. They're like a window to the heart, the things we pray. And here in the Bible, we have the prayer of the Apostle Paul. It's like a window into his heart and the things that matter most, the things that he wants for the church. How amazing. And what we see is, that Paul wants those who know God to know him better. So before he moves on, he prays for that. And he tells the Ephesians that he's praying that for them. So that, I think, so that that will guide their prayers. So that will shape what they think matters most. And they will pray for these things too and want these things. So as we read the word today, the same thing is happening for us. We're reading Paul's prayer. Uh, It's shaping us and our prayers and the things that should matter most to us. And so as we're going through Paul's prayer here, 
I just want you to just notice the things that matter, the things he prays for, and be thinking about what can we learn from Paul's prayer, which we'll look at at the end. And so uh, we're going to look at what Paul prays for, uh, but before we look at what he prays for, we're going to look at what he, who he prays to, okay? Because that's really important. Uh, and you might think, well, that's obvious, right? He's praying to God. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I pray to God. Uh, look at what he says in verse 17. Have you got your Bibles? Have them open at Ephesians chapter 1. There'll be some passages on the screen. But look at who Paul prays to. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father... So notice those two things. He prays to God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just any God up there in in my imagination, unknown, but a very specific God who's revealed himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in whom we have every spiritual blessing. It's only because of Jesus that we can even pray to God. And Paul's acknowledging that as he begins this prayer. This is how we pray to God through Jesus. All right, and the next thing is he prays to the glorious Father. All right, and in Christ, if you remember from last week, God has become our Father. Uh, in Christ, we are adopted children of God and loved by him. And he's not just any Father. Right? He is a glorious Father. I don't know about your father, uh, if he was rich or powerful or famous or anything, but most of us don't have dads like that. But if you have a father in heaven, uh, he is a rich and powerful, uh, big, good father. And he's your father, and he's working for your good. And so when, when you pray, first remember who you are praying to. Because as you remember who you're praying to, actually helps to shape the things that you'll pray for. Remember who you're praying to helps shape the things you pray for. And so now we'll come to, well, what does Paul then pray for, for the church? Well, Paul prays, as a summary, prays for the work of the Spirit, uh, to know the hope of God's calling, and to know God's power for his people. That's a summary of what he prays for. We'll look at those three things. I just want a quick note before we get into the prayer just want you to remember, when you read the word you in Ephesians, it's talking about, uh, it's a plural, it's you all, right? It's, it's, it's the church. And so we don't have a, an English word for that. I mean, the Americans have y'all, um, Western Sydney people have yous, okay? I, I use that as well, I'm, I'm a Western Sydney person. Um, but when Paul says you, he's talking about them all in the church. So just remember that as you're reading Ephesians, and as Paul prays here. So firstly, Paul prays for the work of the Spirit, 117. So he asks that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So here he's asking uh, not that God would give them the Spirit because they already have the Spirit. Okay, Ephesians 1.13 told us that which we'll go to, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So they have the Spirit when they believe, because belief is a work of the Spirit. When we hear the gospel uh, and the truth of it is revealed to our minds and we become wise for salvation, that is the work of the Spirit in your life. Uh, The Spirit reveals God for you to believe in him. 
And so what he's praying for here is not that, that they would you know, get a new spirit, but that the spirit they already have would continue his revealing work so that they would know God better. All right, it's important to also know, what is this knowing? Okay, uh, This knowing, it's more than just knowing things about God. It's more than just intellectual knowledge. It's about relationship. Right? Knowing is about having a relationship with God. And so then notice what Paul prays for is that he prays that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Right? And this is what he's praying for. You know, not, the, not the eyes of your head or the eyes of your mind or the eyes of your intellect, but the eyes of your heart. Right? The deepest centre of affections and desires, you know, where you feel, he prays that that would be open to knowing God. Right, so we need the Spirit to reveal that truth of God to our minds so we know God, but we also need the Spirit to open our hearts so we don't just know things about God, but we actually love God. Right, that is the work of the Spirit, to know God. That is what Paul is praying for here as he begins his prayer. And then we move on. He prays for the work of the Spirit to know the hope of God's calling. So verse 18 in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And what I want you to notice here is, is the beginning and the end in this prayer. Right? The calling is the beginning of the Christian life. The inheritance is the end of the Christian life. So Paul here has it covered. And these, again, these are not new blessings. Right? These are things that they already have. They were called to belong to Jesus Christ when they heard the gospel. That was the calling of God in their life that began the Christian life. And then their inheritance is at the end. But that comes with the calling. It's included. The inheritance is guaranteed because God has called them. And it is a rich and glorious inheritance. Uh, Paul wants to be thinking about that. It is heaven. It's the new creation. It's God's people in God's place in the joyful presence of God for eternity. Uh, that is something to keep thinking about, to know and to know better. Uh, and, and to know it's guaranteed. To know these things come as a package deal from God. And so here we have a prayer, not that they would get new things, but that they would know the things they already have better. Right, just that they would grow in their knowledge of God's calling and inheritance. Uh, they would grow in their love for God, knowing he has them covered from beginning to end, right, from here to eternity. Uh, Paul prays they would know that. And look, I think the next question that sort of comes to our minds a lot of the time is, how can we be sure we're going to go from here to eternity? Uh, and so that's what Paul prays for next. He prays for... Uh, an assurance, an assurance that comes from knowing the power of God. And so that's where he goes next. Uh, he prays the work of the Spirit to know the hope of God's calling and to know God's power for his people. And have a look here in verse 19. It's not just power. That doesn't describe it well enough. Paul says it's his incomparably great power for us who believe. Right, so it's, it's, it's exceeding and surpassing, kind of off-the-scales power. It's huge. Right, and I wonder, where do you look to see God's power 
Uh, it would be right for us to look to creation like, like the psalmist did in Psalm 8. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, the universe. We see awesome power when we look at creation. And that shows us God's power. But Paul, he actually says, no, no, I've got a better place to look for God's power, where you see it more fully and more gloriously. And Paul says, we look to the resurrection of Jesus to see this power. So have a look at verse 19 and 20. Uh, he says, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And so look, at this is, he's talking about a time in history, right? The first century, Jesus, the man, was crucified outside Jerusalem. He was buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And three days later, the tomb was empty because Jesus had risen from the dead. God had raised him. That's the power he's talking about. But he even goes on and shows us more of this power because after Jesus was raised... God kept raising him, so to speak. Have a look at verse 20 to 22 here. Uh, it says that he raised him and, and he, he kept raising him. He seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, and not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. So he just wants us to see that just the supreme power of Jesus, he's above all and everything is under him and it's not just now that he's in control, but it's forever, right? It's a supreme power. Right? And Paul, is he wants them to know this power, but more than that, he wants them to know how Jesus is using that power. What is he using it for? Well, he, tell, he tells them the next little bit there. He says that God appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Right, so Jesus has this supreme power as head over everything for the church, right, for his body to care for them, to do good for them, right, and, and not their health, wealth and prosperity, temporal kind of good, but their eternal good. Right, to, he has blessed them. He's going to keep blessing them for eternity. Right, and we just need to know that you know, Jesus has not ascended and left his church to make it on their own. Uh, he is using his divine power to care for his body, to guide and to protect, to take them from here to eternity. And I think the, the thing that, the way we should respond to that is to go, wow. You know, like, like the Psalm 8, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the church that God would care for us so much and would use his power for so much good in us? You know, I think the reason sometimes that we feel unsure about salvation, wondering if we're called, wondering if we're going to make it, wondering if, if God is really loving me, is because often we're just too focused on ourselves. We're too focused on our weakness. We're too focused on the things we think matter most and what this prayer is doing is it's getting us to get our attention off ourselves and focus our attention on God right his calling his inheritance his power Paul is praying that those who know God would go deeper in that knowledge and so in this prayer what we're seeing is we're seeing what matters most 
to Paul, what matters most to God, right? that the Spirit is going to continue that revealing work so those who know him are going to know him better, know his call, know his power. Uh, I love reading Paul's prayers. I don't know if you do. I love reading through them. There's so much in such a small amount of space, just like this one has shown us. But this prayer was given for us, right? For the church to guide our prayers, right? To help us know and pray for those things that are important. And so as you've read this today, that is what Paul wanted it to do in the Ephesians. It's what he wants it to do in us. And so now, just want to reflect upon three ways I think this can shape our prayers uh, in response to God's word. So the first one is, uh, remember who you're praying to. Um, this is this is a, a great first thing to do when you're praying. And, you know, just, just reflect with me for a moment. What are some of the prayers that we hear when we gather, you know, in growth group or small groups? Uh, I hear a lot of prayers like this. I've been feeling really tired. Just pray for energy this week. I've got an appointment with my doctor. Just pray that goes well. I'm going on holiday this weekend. Just pray for safe travel. Now, please do not hear me wrong. Uh, it is good to pray for all kinds of things. Right? God says he cares for the hairs on our head. He cares for all the details of our life. But I just want us to think, I think the reason that we pray like this often is because we're forgetting the God that we're praying to. Are we remembering that we are praying to a glorious Father who has blessed us in Christ, who has called us to his glorious inheritance, who is directing all his power for our eternal good? And I think remembering the God you're praying to is going to shape your prayers differently. Right, so next time that, that you're in growth group uh, or you're coming to pray, just, just have that thought. Let's just remember who we are praying to. You know, I know sometimes it's, it's late, you know, you've you got work the next day, there's, there's lots of things racing through your mind. Good habit, just to remember who you're praying to when you come to pray. And that'll shape the things that you pray for. And so then what do we pray for? I think a good thing to be praying for is to pray for knowledge through the Spirit. Right? This is a prayer for knowledge. Right? Paul is praying for what matters most. And Paul is praying those who know God know him better. That's something we should be praying for. Right? And just think about it. Look, the knowledge of God is just the greatest knowledge that you could ever have. Right? Once, once you know it, once you've heard about it, don't just put the box away in the cupboard, uh, but do the puzzle, so to speak. Uh, get to know the blessings of God better and better. And we need to be praying for those things, for that to happen. All right, so you think about how does God's knowledge come to me? Well, it comes to me through his word as we read the Bible. And then how do I understand the Bible? Well, it's through the spirit that I understand the Bible. And so that means if we want to do what this prayer is saying, to know God better, we need to be opening the word of God and more than that, praying for the work of the spirit uh, to reveal the truth of it to us so that we can know God. But I wonder, when you open your Bible by yourself or in groups, is that what you're thinking? Are you thinking, oh, we need the spirit to work for us to know these things and for us to love God? Right? If, if you're not opening the Bible with dependence upon the spirit, it might as well just be a blank page. 
And so uh, if we're wanting to grow uh, in our knowledge and our love of God, we need to learn to pray like Paul. Right? Let it be a trigger when you open the word of God to think, oh, I've, got to, I've got to pray. I have got to pray uh, for the work of the Spirit to know God and to love him. And that's another good thing to be doing. And finally, uh, never stop giving thanks. Uh, we're going to finish where Paul started. Uh, the thing that caused Paul to pray this prayer was that he'd heard about Christians, people that believed in Jesus, and it caused him to give thanks. Right? Have a look at verse 16. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Um, I mean, how do you feel when you hear about people believing in the Lord Jesus? How does that make you feel? Um, I think it's a great reminder for us, particularly in this season, it's easy for us to focus on the negative, uh, on people who don't believe, uh, on people who are not at church, people who used to come to church but now don't come to church anymore, uh, and, and for that to get us down. Um, but, but what about focusing on the good? What about giving thanks to God for the people who do believe? Uh, I am so thankful for you, uh, for the church. Uh, I, was, I had a moment of joy just seeing floods of people coming into church before 9.45, by the way, which was even better. Uh, I just had, just had joy seeing people coming. I'm just thankful to God for those who believe, and, and we should be. For anyone who believes, God is doing, has done a great work in their life. He's chosen them, he's called them, he's adopted them, they have an eternal inheritance. Uh, and he's still doing a great work in our lives. Right? He's working in us by the Spirit to know him and to know him better. Uh, and he's using all his power for that. That is just, that is amazing. And so we should stop and we should thank God for that. And we should, like Paul, pray for other believers. Right? Pray, pray this prayer. Make this prayer your prayer. Pray for yourself. Pray it for others. Pray it when we're together. Uh, it is a great model prayer for us that those who know God would know him better. And so I'm going to pray that prayer for us right now. Uh, would you join together? Let's pray together. Our glorious God and Father, we thank you for your grace and the abundant blessings that are already ours in Christ. And we pray for wisdom and revelation through the Spirit so that we may know you better and know the things that truly matter. We pray you would open the eyes of our hearts in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance, and help us to know better the incomparably great power that you have toward us power that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. And Father, we pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.